And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. You got the power to let power go. Welcome to the Rankin Overreact Podcast. I'm Zach Harper. That's Wazni Lambre, our cultural... Uh, anthropologist. I almost said agriculturalist, right. but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah. Get it right. Our cultural anthropologist at The Athletic, yes. checking on the styles and the drip and drown and all that good stuff, which you can check out today. If you're listening to The Athletic, if you're reading The Athletic, you've got it up there. And we also have my power rankings from every single week. And that's what we do here is I work so hard, Waz. I like I go through. It's my entire weekend. Like, you know, I'm not going out and hanging out with people. No, I'm locked in a room, you know, making sure I got every ranking, every stat correct, all this stuff. And then Monday morning comes and we post them at 9 a.m. Pacific time and then they just get torn to shreds by by our, our lovely readers and listeners. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own two eyes on your Instagram. I've seen you. Mm-hmm. Working, playing with I your dog, yeah. getting facials. Oh, I've man. seen it. Was, I'm this all is, about that facial life now. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can Dude, see that. No, my skin's never been nicer. Like, it's I've glowing. Been, yeah, yeah it you look glowing. amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I ride, will I can tell ride them you. off now, too, because we got the camera. We got to do this on video. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> tax man, April 15th, y'all. Don't forget. <laughs> um, You know, but I do want to say I got my doctorate from the streets, Zach. So... Please put some respect on the cultural anthropologist. I don't know what that Thank means. What do you mean you got your doctorate from the I streets? I got my doctorate from the streets, okay? I don't think that's um, legal tender. I don't think that's... <laughs> I don't know if that's how right. that works. Here, so now I want to add this element to it. That's good. That's a great intro. Waz, when yes. you look to your right, you're looking at Zach. Okay. Look to your right. Yeah. Zach, if you look to your look left... To my left? I just want you to occasionally look at that screen for me. Okay. You know what I mean? When Waz is talking, I'll do that. Yeah, just imagine whatever thing is over there is Waz, and then Waz, okay. when you look right. Wait, when Zach is talking, I should be like this? I Yeah, I watch you occasionally, because in the frame, he's going to be to your left. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm okay. sorry, to your right. So I just got to okay. pretend that Waz is this weak-ass Mountain Dew Zion Williamson thing that they gave me that I'll send you a picture of at some point. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it, it's it'll be funny, okay. like as a as a as a bit. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, pick up Zach. So what we're gonna do here at uh, at the Athletic with the Rank and Overreact podcast, as we always do each week, is Waz is gonna read your incredible comments that are just eviscerating my stuff, and uh, we're gonna have some fun with it. So Waz, what is the uh, what's the first one? Um, before we get into things, um, you'll be shocked, Zach. Shocked. I'm telling you, you won't believe this. But Rockets commentary is is doing a bit of crowing. Crowing? They, 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 they've already declared victory. Um, everybody panned the move. Um, they've, they've, they've declared that they are now 
the front runners in the West. No, not really, but they, you, you know how this goes, Zach. Um, yes, they, no, they're the, doing better than people thought they would be, so the fans are going crazy. Well, it's the it's the victory lap in February, March, right? Like it, uh, people don't seem to realize that's not the time you do a victory lap because that's not when the <laughs> victories happen, right? Um, so moving on, first comment comes from Robert A, who says the whole quote unquote. Wizards can't play defense talking point should be dead by now. They've got the NBA's seventh best defensive rating since IT was shipped out of town. They're five and five in that time period. I suspect they won't end up anywhere close to 30th by season's end. Please stop using this trope. It's old. You're a professional with internet access. Do better. The Wizards are. Okay. Um. They have the second worst defensive rating in NBA history for the season. <laughs> history. Second worst. What are you talking about ten game sample size. What about the seventy game sample size? What are the second worst in history? I just love the idea. I love the idea that them not finishing 30th in the league is proof that Wizards can't play defense is a point that should be dead now. Like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> Was I don't I don't know what we do with it. We cherry pick these little small samples, right? And whenever I do that, I'm saying, hey, small sample size. Let's not read too much into this. But this is the case. Except here, I'm supposed to believe. 10 games without Isaiah Thomas that all of a sudden they went from being the second worst in NBA history to now they're good now. No, it's random. Hey man, 10, 10 games is about a, like a three week period. That's happening. A lot could happen in three weeks. Sure. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Um, moving on. Um, and, and I know you're going to love this. Stephen B says, I saw a stat that Robert Covington has four blocks in four straight games or something. And Clint Capella never did that. What a move by Daryl Morey. Yep. Next, then- hold on, hold on, hold on. Because these all these all okay. have to come. Okay. These all have to come in concert with one another. Wait, just do it the looks occasionally. Very occasionally. All right. Not, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay, not always occasionally. Like when okay. Yeah, yeah, for, for like, um, for emphasis or yeah. whatever, we can do it. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so I read the Robin Covington. Okay, Br- Brian W. says, Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, and Vogel all had multiple days off to game plan against Houston. The result has been the Rockets generating even more open attempts. They have the number two offense and a top ten defense since becoming the pocket Rockets. Russell Westbrook O'Neal looking scary with snipers around him. Zach. You think Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, who was the other person, Frank Vogel, you think they're giving away potential playoff strategies to knock off the Rockets on a random night in February? No, that's not how any of those coaches work. Like the co- like Nick Nurse will throw throw stuff out game to game. Like he's pretty incredible with that. No other coach does that. Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers, they all keep stuff in the pocket. So you can get off to the pocket rockets all you want. I don't care about that. Be happy. <laughs> but they also just gave up plus 31 rebounds to the Knicks. 
plus 31. <laughs> this is the issue. It's not that they can score. We knew they could score. They could score before it. They can score after it. The issue is can they do this defensively and from a rebounding standpoint in every single playoff game? Because that's what it's going to take. Maybe they can. Most people think they can't. Rockets fans, I'm sure if they don't, then a year from now we'll find out that it was all cheating by the refs or something. And before we move on to this next Rockets comment, um, I do want to say, like, it's two things. It's like, one, they have been playing their asses off. Yeah, they're, they're playing they're, they're much harder. Yeah, they're good. And, and not, I'm talking about it for an effort standpoint. They're playing much harder because they understand that for them to compete, they like they are digging on guys hard. Closing out hard. They are putting hands and paws on people. Like, they are the league's most physical defense right now. But they have to they have to do that on a night-to-night basis in order to make this work. Um, that's a veteran-laden squad. Not to say that veterans don't like to play hard, but veterans don't like to play hard every freaking they night. Like, like to manage for the instance, season a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you go out and play one of the worst teams in the league, like the Knicks, your tendency is to be like, look, man, I'm not going to go out and kill myself like I did against the Lakers right. the very next game after we started this experiment where everybody counted us out and said we look desperate for doing it. These are, you know... These are human beings. They're managing stuff, right? Like, I don't think it's time to do the victory lap yet. Although, if you are a fan, I can understand why you would be encouraged by the results so far. Well, yeah, and you can do a victory lap now because that's not going to happen in the playoffs, right? So you got to do it now. But also, but also, was to that point, like, I don't think anyone doubted this as a regular season strategy. It's always been a wait-and-see approach. So the whole, like, oh, look at us now, like, yeah, you were a good regular season team before this, like, no, I'm not gonna lie. I doubted it as a regular season strategy because I thought more of more of this out getting out rebound and pounded on the glass. I thought that would be more prevalent, and I guess I just didn't see them putting in this type of sure. commitment on which, defense. Which I don't, it also I, I, I might was because small sample. Right, 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 right. Um, and you know, to round out this Rockets thing, I just wanted to read this comment for you. Pretty confident Quinn Snyder was doing everything he could to win that latest game against the Rockets. And Brad Stevens certainly appeared to be trying anything to win Saturday night. It's more than a fair take to wait and see attitude to Houston's strategy until the playoffs. But just once, I'd love to read someone discuss what these hypothetical adjustments would actually be. Without any specifics, it's starting to come off as wishful thinking. Zachary. This is the other issue. I don't care if the Rockets win or lose. This idea, this is the problem that I have with all this stuff, right? It's like, oh, you're against the Rockets. I don't give a shit if they win or not. Then it doesn't affect my paycheck in any way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> me saying, I don't know if this works, isn't me saying it's not going to work. It's me saying, I don't know. Oh, and so yeah. I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs. But if it does, all right, cool. I don't care. Like, I'm not against – I hate one team in pro sports, Was One, it's the Oakland Raiders. They don't play in the NBA. I don't care. Sure. Um, and, you know, to offer some – because the guy asked for specifics. I would say to offer some specifics, I think the rusting specifically in the postseason – I can see teams just sitting on that jump shot and staying home, making themselves big when he gets down low. Um, Harden, again, this is not somebody who's been lights out in his postseason career. I could see teams just being like, go ahead, make your step backs. Go 
foul hunting like he did the first like three or four games against Golden State last year, where he was sacrificing just doing his normal form to foul hunt on those step backs on those threes. Um, again, staying home on Russ, I think being more choosy about who you close out hard on, like you know, the idea that Daniel House is just gonna nail big shots and big moments. Well, like it's one thing in the regular season when People are doubting you, and it's kind of like, oh, if we do good, it's kind of like we're surprising people and all of that. It's another thing for Daniel House to break three threes in a row and then be expected to take that fourth one again. Right. When and the I, entire stadium is like, brother, you better make this. And I don't even think it's I don't even think it's the offensive end of the floor. It's the defensive end that I have questions about. Yeah. I know they're gonna score. And so and sure. those and the, with the way they play, there's high variance in those three-point shots, right? Some nights yep. they're gonna hit 40%, some nights they're gonna hit 25%. And so I'm not worried about that. I always know the barrage of three-pointers is coming with them. And so at some point, you're going to make those, unless it's game seven and they miss 27 straight. The issue is defensively, how do you do that? I think you can stretch the floor vertically so easy against them. I think teams have been hesitant to throw those passes inside. But once that happens, you're put at a disadvantage, and you have to collapse, and then you have to leave perimeter players open, and then that's a lot of open shots. I just think there's easy ways to do that. Plus, if you're getting your ass kicked on the boards every night, they give up 20 rebounds to the Knicks, that's going to be something that can happen against Jokic, happen against Gobert, right? Happen against the Lakers, happen against the Clippers. Like, all that stuff can happen, and if that happens, now you're at a disadvantage physically. You have to foul to stop buckets, or you just give up easy buckets, and that team's not deep in any way. So if they get into foul trouble, they're screwed. Yeah, and I think with the Lakers, honestly, um, I know LeBron has upped his offensive output. I don't think we're going to see 2017, 2016 offensive. The score, not offensive, but the scoring threat that LeBron was in those postseasons. I don't think he's going to be quite that. But I don't think Houston has a guy who they could reliably say, I'm putting one on LeBron. I don't think so. I do not think so. And even in that Lakers matchup, um, it was a lot of the trying to get AD going, trying to do this. No LeBron in the post. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's something you mentioned Vogel and them not showing stuff. They haven't really shown that a lot this season. The last few weeks we've been seeing it when like Josh Hart and Drew Holiday's right, like, exactly. all right, I'm just going to go to the post and just destroy this, these right. kids. Um, I think you will see that. I don't think P.J. Tucker can, can guard LeBron one-on-one. Or if he, if he think- does, who's guarding AD? Who's guarding AD and Covington's um, good, but like Covington, that's a lot. I think he's man. too he's too light in the shorts, light in the pants to guard LeBron. Um, and I think another thing you gotta worry about when you're Houston foul trouble for either Covington or um uh, um PJ Tucker, your defensive strategy goes completely out yeah. the it's over right. defensively yeah. with foul trouble with those guys. So these are th- things to watch. Uh, you know, Andrew SUX for specifics, we just gave you a couple. There you go. You're welcome. Michael H. says, I'm a Kings fan, and 16th is generous until the team plays well in all four quarters and beats a couple of teams with above 500 records. Hey, man, they're competing with teams against, you know, that have below 500. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a Kings enthusiast. I just mentioned this. on We just did the buds, and I just mentioned this. I love their young guys. Yeah. Um, I like that they that they move some pieces around during the deadline to make sure that they can lock up Bogey over the summer. Um, I, I don't know how this Buddy Hill thing works long term. I think they should probably try to get something for him because people are always looking for shooters and and wing depth. I don't know 
if the whole I'm a Lou Williams type thing is is right. how he envisions himself. So he I don't know how that works long term. I love Giles. I know not everybody's as high on him as as I am. I think his skill set, right? Like he's super athletic, has some ball skills, can right. pass a little bit. Um, you know, he's not exactly Bill Russell on defense yet, but I think there's potential there. I just, I like what they have, man. And of course, Marvin Bagley is, you know, he's a nice enough player. I'm I'm not sold on him yet, but I love Fox. I love Bogey. I love Giles. Yeah. I, I like what they have. Well, you know what's the interesting thing about the whole Bagley situation is just because they took him above Luca, right? Yeah. If, if, Luka gets if he taken was a number nine him, pick, people would be talking would about be him. All like, about him, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. just the fact that he got picked in front of Luca, in front of Trey. And that's why. But yeah, like Kings. Here's the thing: like, all right, they're competing against the Spurs. I think they're better than the Spurs right now. Competing against the Blazers without Dame, I think they're better than the Blazers. Oh yeah, um, of course. You know, we talk about the Suns are better than the Suns. They're better than the Wolves. Like all the so they moved up because they've won like nine of their last thirteen games. Uh, you know, they get rewarded for that. I don't know that I truly believe in the 16th best team in the league, but compared to where everyone else is right now, yeah, like they're better than all those Eastern Conference bums who are trying to make the playoffs. Like, yeah, they're good. Look, uh, you know, one game sample bias. It's not a, It's not so much that they won the game against the Clippers that I was at. Um, it was the level of fight that they showed. Like yeah. the Clippers were like, and, and we've seen this a lot of times with the Clippers where they just decide, like, all right, man, we're, we're done playing around with these kids and just just straight up put the screws to guys. And they went into that mode. And Sacramento, their guys found a way to withstand Fox it. was not scared. You know, Bogdanovich was, was not, not scared. Yeah, they and it like culminated in that amazing lob to Giles at the end. And I just yeah. think it's not so much that they won the game. It's that they withstood that level of um, – you know, just want to from the Clippers. And I was like, man, this is pretty impressive for a young group. Um, and, I, you know, I know they disappointed this year and because they overachieved last year and it hasn't been that this year. And Fox was hurt, but I'm still really bullish on that group. Yeah, I think right. they should be good next year. Next comment comes from Keith F. Once again, disrespected. Keep it up. Ooh. It's a motivator. Ooh. Raptors dropped three in a row and a missing two bigs and a spark plug. Clutch offense and very good D. Built for the playoffs. Paragraph was a little bit incoherent, but you get the point, Zach. Okay. You're disrespecting our neighbors to the north. Okay. Uh, let me see what they did last week, Was and I, Yeah, they're missing people. If you miss people, you drop down because you're not as good. So here's what they did last week. <laughs> they lost to Milwaukee. Which is understandable. They lost to Charlotte, not understandable, and they lost to Denver. So you're not going to be above those teams you were above before. Like, that's a bad week. You're going to get hit. Just like when they had good weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks, I had them up to third in the power rankings. Was that disrespectful? Was it disrespectful when they were, when we the North, which is not even the most northern city in the NBA, when they were put up there into the third spot? I don't remember a disrespectful comment from you that time. Was it Keith? Keith F, you let me know. You let me know. Is it only disrespectful when it doesn't coincide with the jersey you bought? You let me know. They're not being the northernmost NBA series. Not. not even good geography. You're the okay. second north. Okay. Longitude okay. and latitude, man. Like, you gotta learn it. Yeah, you gotta learn the geographical yeah, coordinates in your city before you. Pick a moniker. Exactly. Max B, shouts to, shouts to Big Avell, um, free Max B, says, 
The Blazers definitely expected more out of Simons. Are you fucking kidding me? He has not emerged. He has been horrid. Are you even watching the games? He was supposed to come in and lead the second unit. Not and he's averaged less than two assists a game, Zach Harper. One, they don't use him as a point guard. So, yes, I watch the games. Two, he's 20. If yeah. you expect, this is the issue I have when people like a rookie or like a second year guy, they go, oh, well, he's going to come in and do this. No, 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 no. That's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to put him in the role for what he is capable of doing and his age and his experience. He has actually exceeded expectations. He, there was no reason to think he could lead a unit. He's been a valuable role player. Yeah, he's had some ups and downs because, by the way, he's 20. But this guy has actually exceeded what expectations should have been for him. So get out of here with well, that. Full disclosure, Simons is one of my favorite young guys in the league. Um, yeah, some of it is is just the bias that he came into L.A. and had a really good game against the Who was the ducking him? Who was ducking Kawhi him, Kawhi was ducking him. Kawhi. He was ducking him. The guy had like 15 points in a quarter, and Kawhi went and hit on Dame Lillard. What do you want me to, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? What do you, what do you want me to say? No, but seriously, I, I like Simons' game. One, I think he's just a knockdown. Like, his stroke is so beautiful. He is a knockdown shooter. I know the percentages probably don't reflect that right now because of the sort of quality of shot that he's taking this season. Sure. But I think, no, you know, shoot, as far man. as spot-up shooting, he's an incredible shooter. Um, and I think he does stuff with the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's one of those guys that can beat – he can eventually develop into somebody who consistently beats his guy off the dribble, gets to his spots, creates space, and, you know, knocks stuff down. I'm, I'm – Super high on Simon. Absolutely. And he's um, had a good year. He's had a good yeah, year. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's tough. These are the tough things when it comes to roster building and team building, Zach, where it's like, do I try to get something for CJ, thrust this guy into the position, you know, maybe when he's not ready for it, or do I wait around? Like, these are tough. These are the tough decisions that sort of make or break GMs, right? Make or break franchises. And, like, this could be the difference of – does Portland ultimately turn into a, a championship real type of contender or not? Like, these are the decisions you got to make on the fringes. Like, do we bring in stuff to come in, Dame, slot this guy, you know, like, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the problem with that is not knowing what you get for CJ, right? And then even still, all right, so now next year you're trusting a 21-year-old dude to be a contributor for a for a playoff team like that's just not realistic none of that's realistic it may happen occasionally yes Kawhi came in and helped the Spurs be really good okay that's Kawhi Anthony Simons is not Kawhi no one's expecting him to be Kawhi like even Dane when Dane came into the league right he was the rookie of the year he was incredible he beat out Anthony Davis the rookie of the year that team sucked as good yeah. as Dane was that team sucked like most of these rookies and most of these second year guys don't help teams win games and that's the that's what I judge 20 year olds on yeah, here's the thing, guys, and we can we can move on after this, but like the NBA's hard. <laughs> like the like even a guy who flashes a ton of talent, which I think Simons does, he has a ton of talent, a ton of gifts. He's not just gonna like everybody can't be Zion and right. Luca. Exactly. It don't work like that. Yeah. It just even doesn't last work year, Luca. How many games they win? Right. Right. I'm not saying right. si- Simons isn't a rookie, but he's basically a rookie because he barely played last year. All right, so Sam M says, I certainly do not share your questions about what Zach Levine can bring to the team. Pure scorer, capable playmaker, improving defender. <laughs> Strongly disagree with that take. And his rivalry with Boyle and his rivalry with Boylan is so overplayed. He isn't chirping at Boylan in that clip. 
Kobe, Levine, Wendell, um, Gafford, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is Mark is Marcus Smart. Lowry, I'm iffy on. Hutchinson is, still has potential. Need to get this Hutchinson. core in the right. Need to get this core in the right hands, or at least out of guard packs and boilings. Um, who is that? <laughs> Sam M. Sam M. Thanks for the comment. Thank you, Sam M. Uh, I'm glad we found Michael Reinsdorf's burner account. And thank you for like, subscribing I to the mean, Athletic, Michael Reinsdorf. Like, daddy, what are you talking about? This, I mean, and just first of all, you're a like, fan. You get to be optimistic also, about your young core. Sure, but Waz, this isn't my question about Zach Levine. It's everyone around the Everybody, league is asking, yeah. is saying, is he just a great pickup player? Like that's what yeah. it is. Like I'm, a, I'm a Zach Levine fan. But if he's going to be your number one or number two, yo, I don't know about that. Dicey. Um. The idea that him and Jim Boylan are best friends is that, that that's, Zach Levine that's, cannot stand Jim. That's Boylan. it's it's just well documented. Yes. The reports have been out there. You can see like his comments after the games. Like this is this is not a, a, this isn't some media concoction. No, like this, this is, is real oh, life. You're right. He hates like the players do not like playing for him. All right, moving on to one of our regulars, man, big friend of the show, John B. Okay, says. My Pistons finally got the did spot it, that they deserve. Clap it, it did it. Yes. Clap it, Clap it up for the Detroit Pistons, worst team in the NBA. Of course, it took a lot of hard work along the way. This wasn't just given to us. We had to field the finest G League team the NBA has to offer in order to accomplish this grand achievement. I would like to personally thank Zach Harper for finally recognizing the true potential Look, that diehard fans knew was always there for the team. Now, once again, Detroit. Now we've been talking. You guys stink. Oh my goodness! Uh, Because even then, when I said positive takeaway, I had to do the shrug emoji because you didn't just didn't know what the positive is. Um, Who's the young guy on the team that they've drafted that you can be sort of optimistic? I like Kennard. He's good, but like he's a fourth or fifth guy. He's a role player. He's a Um, role role guy. Maybe Sekou Dumbuya, but he's been terrible as of late. but here's the thing, Waz. Now, we talked about Rockets fans taking victory laps, right? Sure. Don't take a defeat lap this right. early in the season. There's still a lot of games left. The Warriors could drop down. The Cavs could drop down. You know, the Cavs Hawks, could get the a Hornets, hang, hang the Knicks. Exactly. Not come back. And so with Draymond all of back, a sudden, his thigh or something is, yeah. you know. Andrew Wiggins might go back to mid-range exclusively. Like, you don't know. So, yes, the Pistons made it to 30th. But could always rise back up. So let's not th- take the defeat lap just yet. Uh, Zach F. standing in for the Zachs says, stands on soapbox. Video embeds aren't gifts. <laughs> Look, Zach F., I hear you. I'm just doing what I was told to do. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, I'm like, doing the way like, I was told to do it. Okay, like this. I you, get orders, I follow them. You notice it go. used to be thirty to one. I was told do one to thirty. I just do what I'm told. That's it. Um. Oh, this this comment oh, this dude. comment is near and dear to my heart because the hate okay the hate zach you're gonna even be like wow this is this is pretty impressive hate um jonah t says and you (laughs) and just a heads up is tatum related okay i don't understand the jason tatum hype this year 
or really at all. I've been watching quite a bit of Celtics, and all I see is Andrew Wiggins with a defensive game. Sometimes he hits tough, read bad shots. Sometimes he doesn't. He's averaging 23 points a game on 19 shots and shooting 48% on twos. The, The rave defensive game is definitely partially there, but he seems to lack awareness off the ball. I certainly think he I certainly think he has potential, but I just see him as another Wiggins gay Anthony inefficient volume score at the time being. I'm not trying to slew him. He's definitely what are you a trying very to do good, this? Right, right, right. He's definitely a very good NBA player. I just didn't think he should have been on All-Star. And I don't see the quote-unquote jump that Zach and others have raved about. Would love any opinions on this. But please, use well-thought-out opinions and statements, Zach. I know my opinion on him and every player is flawed. I have biases and haven't watched every game or looked at every stat. If you look different, if you think differently from me. I'd love it if you took the time to explain why you think he is better than I do and what do you have to back it up. Again, would love any opinions to the contrary. Thanks. So the issue here, Jonah, the issue here is that you're going off the full season numbers, which are fine. Like, we're talking about sample size, right? Full season numbers, and I saw something, sorry to cut you off, Zach. I saw something on Twitter where somebody was like, Middleton is having the season that you guys think Tatum is having. Um, yeah, Middleton plays next to Giannis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. But Middleton is having an oh, exemplary Middleton's season been, been overall, and he's been fantastic. doing it basically from, from wire to wire. Right. And Tatum's thing, yes, it's it's a three-week, four it's a three-week thing, and I think it's because so many people, this is the guy that they envisioned him becoming. So they're fine. He's finally showing flashes of it. So people have been excited. And I think a lot of it has to do with national TV games, right? Like high profile games against Kawhi and LeBron. And he had amazing games. Right. I mean, part of the problem is for me is like, all right, this dude's basically got like a 30% usage, right? And he doesn't turn the ball over. So that gives you a high, like that's a big deal. When you, when you don't turn the ball over and you're getting up shots and you're making those shots, he's got like a 57% true shooting for the entire season, but it's really like the last month to two months. You've seen him raise his game. You've seen him become a, a go-to guy. Now we could end up seeing this dissipate in the next month or so, right? Like I'm not, I'm not doubting that that's possible. I don't think it's going to happen because He's getting to whatever spots he wants to on the floor. And to me, that's where before he was just taking shots. Oh, I've seen I've practiced this step back before. I'm gonna take this yeah. step back instead of knowing where to attack. And so I believe that I'm seeing his understanding of the game and where he needs to be. And yeah, he still falls asleep on defense. Lots of people still fall asleep on defense. Like that off ball defense is the hardest defense to play in the NBA. Um, but with him. I'm seeing an IQ that seems to be understanding more and more and more every single time out. I think his shots are smarter. I think his shot profile is smarter. He's a better shooter. He has raised his three-point volume so much and raised his accuracy in the process. Like I just think that this guy is is doing stuff that we need to take notice of. And now, again, maybe it goes away. I personally would have gone with Jalen Brown over Tatum as the other. I think to other. that point, he was the better player. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown has been the better player up until that point since then, um, and since a little bit before then. Jason Tatum's been the best player on the Celtics. And there's a theory to the idea that, and you know, you heard it out there, that he was worried about All-Star, and once he made it, 
he felt a sense of weight off of himself and just started playing. I think for me, Zach, because, again, I've been one of the loudest Tatum skeptics in the media from basically yeah. from the beginning. Um, I think for me, what he's showing me is him getting to the rack. Yeah. Like, he's getting, he's attacking the basket. He's attacking the paint. He's forcing people to defend him and have to foul him at the rim. Yeah. And to me, that's the biggest difference in his game. When I'm watching him use, because he's got a pretty polished Titan handle. I'm watching him leverage his jump shooting ability and his handle to get people back get to the rack. And he's doing it against guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. Even though we laughed at his defense for five years, he showed a renewed effort level. Um, it's getting to the basket is what's changed it for me. If you're going to tell me I can put Paul George in front of this guy and he's still going to get to the paint and finish over him, I mean, we're talking about an MVP candidate. Yeah, and there's still a lot of room to go. Still a lot of room to go. But, man, he's taking strides right now. And I believe in those strides. All right, now we've come to the portion, the segment of the show where we just we just let people take shots at Zach. Okay. Um, that hasn't been happening before. The, no, 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 no. No, this is this is dedicated hate. This isn't just oh, you were wrong on my team. This is just dedicated, just just hate. Um, Harper, excuse me. Juan M says Harper. I already knew you don't watch the games. Dallas above Toronto and Miami is just killed them. Is who just killed them is insane. Back to class, Padawan. You nerd. Oh, my God. You Star Wars nerd. Get out of here, man. Pick up a basketball. Come see me on the court, you nerd. Light your ass up like it's Christmas. Get out of here. Padawan. Put your, put your lightsaber back in your pants. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, Hank H says, "If well, this isn't Zach hate. This is just great hate in general. Hank H says, if the Bucks win it all, Harden finally gets a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. They should offer him a ring. All right. Um, Shane M says, this is a list. Yeah. That's, that's what, the comment. That's what rankings <laughs> are. And finally, last but not least, <laughs> Daniel M says, quote, Zach, I usually love reading some insight in these rankings, but to be honest... They felt a little phoned in this week. Wow. That's our show. Wow. <laughs> Worked my ass off on those rankings this week. We'll see phoned in. Check out next week. I got a theme and everything. Uh, that's going to do it. Thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. Thanks for leaving comments, even the bad ones, even the nerd ones, uh, whoever left the Star Wars reference. Uh, thank you to uh, for reading those. Read the, the style rankings from our cultural anthropologists. Uh, That's live. Ambray. That's live right now. Check both those out. And uh, if your friends aren't reading The Athletic, what's wrong with them? Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. That'll get you uh, 40% off a, uh, a subscription for the year. It's like three bucks a month. So do, do that. Support great journalism and my ratings. No one man should have all that power.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.